I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Sars carried on, he's run and he's hacked down That's and it's going to be a penalty right on the edge of the six yard box, he's been hacked down by fielding, Nabi Sarri continued his run and on 66 minutes Charlton have the opportunity to go ahead, a definite penalty for Charlton, whistle blows forced to Kaski it's tame, it's right into the corner but it's a tame penalty and easily saved by Joseph Wallacott who guessed the right way and then gave it some to the covered end yeah, there is the full-time whistle. As a reminder, we are going straight to penalties now. Alvin Morgan will step up, right-footed for Joel. Quite a long run-up, right to the edge of the box, wait for the referee's whistle. Morgan two steps to his left, drills it, and it's off the post, I think. And it's gone wide. Wait for referee's whistle, blows it. Mikowski to take, takes it and scores. And Forrest Green will progress to the next round of the Caravel Cup. A night that just wasn't meant to be for the Addicts. So disappointment it was in the Carabao Cup for the Addicts, but who cares? We're back to league action on Saturday. Good evening. Uh, my name is Louis Mendes. Welcome to Charlton Live. This is the big match preview. Joining me in the studio here at the Valley as we get ready uh, to look ahead to Saturday's trip up to Oakwell to take on Barnsley are uh, Mr. Tom Wallin. How are you doing, Tom? Yeah, very well, thank you. Yeah, looking well. Cheers. Enjoy Forest Green game? Nope. You sounded like you didn't. Yeah, no, I'm <laughs> glad that's over. Yeah, and uh, joining the pair of us here at the Valley is Mr. Lewis Cat. How you doing, Lewis? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Not yeah. too bad. Yeah, Thank and you. you missed the Forest Green games. So I did. Know. That's probably why I'm a bit more chirpy than Tom. Yeah, Lucky boy. Exactly. There you go. <laughs> uh, so on tonight's go- uh, show, we will have a quick look back at that Forest Green game. Just hear Lee Bowe's reaction to it. Uh, not too happy about it, as I, as I can uh, assure you can imagine. Uh, we'll also, uh, before looking ahead to the Barnsley game, we'll find out the latest from Bowyer on the Tom Ahmed situation, because that still is yet to be resolved. So Lee Bowyer talks about that during his press day today. We'll hear a bit of that. Uh, we'll also hear him talking about uh, Callum Harriet, who of course was on trial here during the summer. Uh, Tyrone Mings, who's been training with the club over the last few days. Uh, then we're going to hear from Josh Cullen. He, of course, uh, played a part in uh, Saturday's home win over Stoke. We'll hear from him after that game and looking ahead briefly to Barnsley and then we'll start to concentrate even more so on the uh, trip to Oakwell. We'll hear from Leon uh, Wobshaw from the uh, Yorkshire Post. He'll let us know a little bit about the Tykes and then uh, Lee Bayer again will give us an injury update. Let us know what he expects from the game uh, up there at Oakwell on Saturday. So Tuesday night, uh, Carabao Cup, our famous Carabao Cup run unfortunately has come to an end Tom uh, and it did so in spectacular fashion. Uh, Yeah, something like that. It was... Yeah, it was a dreadful game, absolutely awful. Um, and the the problem was that I was really excited coming to the game. I think Lewis spoke about it on Sunday about uh, the feel good factor around the club and the fact Boyer gets people off their seats now and gets people wanting to come back to the valley. And that's how I felt coming down here on Tuesday night. But and also having players in there that had a point to prove, people like Macaulay Bond and Osha Larger getting a start. Um, Forster Kasky was obviously trying to play his way back to fitness seeing 90 minutes out of uh, Chucks. And I just thought there's players there that, that want a chance and want an opportunity to prove they deserve to be in the, the starting eleven for the league games. And I was just so disappointed with the performance. I'm not that disappointed we went out of the cup because I think we've got more important things to focus on. But just the nature of the game, it was just a really poor effort from our team. And, and Boya said the same after the game. And yeah, a real shame because those players have 
have done themselves some harm in terms of ever getting um, getting places in the league side now, which is is obviously going to annoy them as well. Yeah, I guess eleven changes probably shows how seriously we're taking the competition is you know we, we haven't got beyond the second round for I think four years and even that time was when we went on to lose to Palace quite heavily so you know it's, it's not a competition that we, we've ever really got that far in um, at, at the same time you know if we get through to the next round there's another chance for the, some, some of the youngsters or those fringe players to get a few more minutes as well so even though we, we've gone out and it's disappointing at the same time they're missing out on what could be the minutes that could prove themselves first team you know good enough for the first team so it's disappointing even all round in that case yeah definitely and I think it's a good platform although maybe you know we don't take the cup as seriously as as we'd probably like to I suppose because we don't have the squad to do that and it is it's ideal for these youngsters to get a run around especially against uh, senior sides obviously Last season we had the, I wouldn't call it a luxury because we hated it, but the Checker Trade Trophy is another competition for these youngsters to get some minutes under their belts in a first-team environment. So we've lost that now, and obviously now we're out of the Carabao Cup. It only really leaves the FA Cup, and we're coming in the third round. So if we, we're coming in the third round and we end up drawing a big side, I'm not sure he'd play the youngsters in that. So, yeah, the youngsters, they're probably going to miss out on some on some first-team action now. Sounds like they didn't really do themselves any favours. Um, you know, it just echoes last season when we went up to MK and got got trounced three 0 and, and Boya said the same thing that they were they were too off it and they wasn't impressed. I think I think he said actually the only people that covered themselves in glory were were Naby Sarr and Ben Amos and they're two people in and around the senior side. So it'll be a learning curve for the youngsters. Obviously, a couple of them have got a long way to go. Um, I, th- I imagine now the midfield's bulked out a bit. I can see Albi leaving on loan potentially to get some experience. I know Boya's mentioned he's got a he's got to improve the defensive side of his game and, and sort of learn that that different side of, of his of his own game. So I can see him maybe maybe going out on a on half a season, maybe a season on loan. But you know, we we move on. We obviously the most important thing this season is staying in the division. If and you look at the league table, we're not doing too bad so far. Yeah, two games in, already uh, already on track for 138 points. So I'm on a couple of players that stood out. I think Alfie Doughty in the first half maybe looked reasonably lively getting down that left hand side. Um Jake Forstakaski will probably want to forget his his evening uh, culminated in that penalty that just didn't uh, it just didn't really happen for him and obviously he's a player who's been out for so long that he needs that fitness and uh, you know the more he he plays the better that will be for him but obviously he sort of had that avenue closed now so he'll he'll be disappointed yeah and it was players like him that I was looking at Jake I absolutely love him I was so pleased when we signed him he obviously had a good season two or three ago. And then since then, he, he obviously had that injury last year, which you know, he could do nothing about. And from the sound of things behind the scenes, he's been working so hard to get himself back fit, worked through the summer as soon as he could start running again. But at the moment, he just looks like a shadow of the player that, that we had. And I'm I'm concerned that I can't see that changing. It's very early days, but he just looks nowhere near good enough at the moment. Obviously, early stages. Then someone like Macaulay Bond, who has said himself, I'm not ready for championship football. We're playing a League Two side on Tuesday. That's nearer his level. Obviously, if he'd still been with Orient, it would have been the level that he'd be playing this season. He looked okay, but again, I didn't see anything there that was groundbreaking. And with him, I just wonder if it's more his mentality. You know, it's it's quite humble to admit that you're not ready for the championship. But at the same time, you've got to believe in yourself and you've got to back yourself to perform. And there were a couple of times I saw him just not go for balls or not go for challenges or not back himself to get it. And that, that was a concern as well. Likes a Naby, I thought... He, he played well, Amos did well. Um, and then the other players that performed well, like you say, were people like Alfie Doherty, who's never going to be anywhere near the first team side, and rightly so, because he's very early in his development. But he had a really good game. But then even the likes of Lapsley and Morgan, players who you would expect fighting to try and stay at this club, because Bowie has already made it clear he thinks Albie should go on loan. And, and their performances were pretty lacklustre as well. So it was just a disappointing night all round. And like Lewis says, we haven't got something like the checker trade really to rely on them for now. So that that could be it for some of them for the whole season. Mm, it came down to penalty shootout, of course. Um, the guilty party Al, Al, was Albie Morgan with the, the penalty that was missed. Um, obviously, when it mattered, penalty shootout-wise, we won against Doncaster. It's weird that you, 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 how nervous I felt going into that penalty shootout and compare it to how I felt going into one against Forest Green in the first round of the Carabao Cup. You just like just get this over and done with. But disappointing for Albie, but uh, yeah, it's not the end of the world. It's just, it, it, it was just one of those uh, one of those days in the end. And like I say, a disappointed uh, Lee Bayer. I spoke to him uh, after the game. Let's hear briefly uh, what he made of uh, Tuesday evening's defeat on penalties to Forest Green Rovers. Disappointing. Uh... 
want to win every game. So I think the side we had out was strong enough to, to win. So in my eyes, we should we should go and win the game. But too many performances weren't good enough. Um, that's that's what it boils down to. Uh, too much casualness, not enough urgency. I think there's two people that can hold their hands up and say, do you know what? I've done well tonight and it's probably Ben and Nabby. Apart from that, the rest of them weren't good enough. Um, these are, like I said before, these are good opportunities for, for people to stake a claim. Because, like I've said before, there's competition for places, and that's whether you're starting 11 or you're just in, in uh, on the bench. It's competition because we've got 20 odd players now, and there's only 17, 18 positions. So um, people are going to miss out. So when you do get opportunities like tonight, you, you have to grab it. Um, and too many of them didn't do that tonight, so which is disappointing. A lot of youngsters. Uh, sloppy, not doing the basics right, so there's a lot of negatives for me today, and um, but that's, that's football, highs and lows, I guess. I guess that is obviously the, the main disappointment, but at the same time, there'll be players who were perhaps lacking minutes so far have got some at least some into their legs this evening. Yeah, obviously, uh, a positive truck's got 60 minutes into him. Uh, Samfield around 80. You can tell he hasn't played much um, through pre-season. Uh, so obviously 90 minutes into Jake, he's, he's out for a year, and you can tell. Um, but 90 minutes into him, which is good. Um, so yeah, pros and cons, uh, but. No one got injured and we come through that okay, so that's important. Gallagher keeping in for Charlton, he's under a bit of pressure, flicks it on towards Pierce. Little flick forward towards Williams, Williams who's is onside. Away. Williams in a bounce here, collects, Williams, skies past Allen, no, Williams! Oh. Can Gallagher get on a retrieving ball? He can, but further wide. Gallagher, ball into Cullen. Cullen has got Prattley behind him. Cullen into the penalty area. Cullen still ball across goal. Cullen wins. And he can get in there. He opens his count for the Addicts. It's great work on the left hand side by Williams. And then Cullen comes in to win his game. Ball across goal. Deflects the way of Chucks and EK, who makes it Charlton 2, Stoke 1. Welcome back, it's Charlton Live, the big match preview here on your Thursday evening or via the podcast uh, afterwards. Don't forget to hit subscribe in your podcast app to make sure that our show gets downloaded automatically uh, to your phone or your device uh, uh, twice every week. You get Charlton Live, aren't you guys lucky? Right, we did have a message from Phil about Tuesday's game. Uh, hi guys, just got back from wasting a couple of hours of my life on Tuesday night. Awful game with very little quality. The pluses were Nabi Sar and Alfie Doughty. Uh, disappointed with Albie Morgan, who I thought looked out of sorts. Um, uh, which is not surprising as he's seen so many midfielders come in and Macaulay Bond who is nowhere near championship level uh, no first touch no pace and out muscled all night he needs to go out on loan ASAP uh, especially if we get Tamir Hemed in cheers for your, your message Phil yeah I mean, you can see like he talks about wasting hours of his life Lewis um, you know the, the crowd was quite low on Tuesday night you know make a lot of changes on the pitch we, we make a lot of changes in the stands we change people for empty chairs um, <laughs> c- can you understand why people just don't get the magic of the Carabao Cup anymore well I just I'd probably not seen as a very attractive cup tie is it first, first ever meeting Forest. between Charlton and Forest Green well history was there made there is that yeah but I think you, you'd have got a bit more if it was there a bigger club yeah, not many people scrambling for a, a remake at the moment of that of that fixture no. no I mean I was sort of dreading when I saw it was level I forgot it was going straight to pe- it was going to penalties I was oh, thinking God, oh no imagine we had to sit through trips to Forest Green well. on a, yeah. on a uh, that Wednesday was a good night. idea not to, not, to, not to have extra time <laughs> anyway right let's draw a line under that game let's remember 
uh, that were two two and two in the in the championship and were smashing it 138 point season in coming. Although Ray Bates saying that by my calculations, 138 points would have us finishing safely in 15th position in the Premier League. So it would be. I don't know if you get if you get a certain amount of points, I should let you just jump just up jump to the next up, division. Yeah. Why not? You, yeah, so you get a bit bit more prize money. Right, let's um. Uh, turn our attention to one thing that's kept us pretty confused over the uh, the last seven days. It was exactly this time last week. We were all buzzing because we were going to announce two signings whilst we were on air, which had never happened before. And it still hasn't happened because we never did. Uh, Kyle uh, Hemed and Tommy... Uh, no, Kyle... Uh, Baram Kyle and Tommy Hemed. <laughs> they haven't been here long enough for me to learn their names yet. Um, have, uh, <laughs> from, uh, from Brian. We were expecting to sign definitely one, and if not both of them, last Thursday. And in the end... It was only Berem Kyle who who came in uh, on Thursday night, and we're still now waiting for confirmation of Tomir Hemed. It was signed. It sounds like it went right up to the deadline, so the EFL wanted to check uh, whether it actually gone through in time or not. Um, Lee Bay was asked for an update uh, today during press day. This is what he had to say. Um, no, we've not heard anything back. Uh, Steve Gannon sent another email uh, across yesterday. Just asking for some sort of response. Uh, it's been a week now, so I, I don't know what's taking so long. Maybe anything I, I'm, I'm guessing it is what's going on with um, Barry and uh, Bolton at the moment. So I'm guessing all their focus is on that. In my eyes, it's wrong, you know, that like clubs, different clubs are, are in the league as well. And we've got a player that should be here training with us and and playing with us. And, and we're not getting no no answer. I don't know why. Um, so all we can do is keep chasing. The, the kid keeps texting Steve Gallen saying, like, what's happening? Like, what? If you add anything like two, three times a day, we're obviously pushing things our end, but we're getting no reply. So I don't know what's going on there. It's, it's wrong. It's the kid's career, and there's two games now he's missed that he could have been involved with us, you know. So um, yeah, it's 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 not good. I understand that other clubs have problems, but but we're also part of that league as well. So we should all be treated the same. You've not given up hope of bringing him to charm? No, we're just hoping that they come back with the right decision. So, we ain't giving up hope. We hope that, it, that they come to see that, that everything was done right out of end. So there we go. Lee is uh, update um, on uh, the, the, the potential signing of Tormir Hemed. I mean... What the hell's going on? I mean, how how hard is it to to work this out? I mean, it must be hugely frustrating for everyone involved because the player's not being allowed to play. Um, the manager's potentially missing out on a player that could help bulk out the squad when, you know, there's still players coming back from to, to fitness, the likes of an EK. You, you want bodies in the squad. So, I mean, Tom, how can you possibly justify that it's taken this long? Uh, by being the EFL, who are <laughs> completely and utterly incompetent at, at anything. Um, it's no surprise that they're making such a handful of this. But to me, it comes down to a simple, did we get the paperwork in or not? They're going to have the paperwork. It's going to be timestamped. How long does that take? Two seconds? Two seconds to see. If we tweet something out and you want to know when it's tweeted, you look at the tweet, it's got the time and the date at the bottom. If that's the only issue, which it seems to be, then it'll take them two seconds. Just go, yep or no. Because there's a transfer deadline for a reason. It's not, oh, we don't know when it was. If it's something longer, like agreeing personal terms or something like that, then then fair enough. But it's the EFL, and they're just they're just completely useless. Um, but as Boya says, there, you know, it's not just us that are suffering; it's the player as well. He wants to play. It's just confusion, and it's people like Macaulay Bond who might have to get chucked in um, because we haven't got that second striker that we want. It's Lyle who's going to have to play longer each game because he's the one we're relying on. So it's not just the the team or the club or you know us as fans that are being affected there's there's so many people involved in this and it's not a difficult process transfer deadlines have been happening for years and people either go over get done or they don't but taking well over a week to try and sort this out is mad and Boya says oh they must be spending all their time with Barry or Bolton I assume that's tongue in cheek because 
you can't tell me there's just one bloke at the well maybe there is the way it looks it, it's just a complete <laughs> farce uh, like we've said it before about the whole Roland thing I don't understand how a league that has so much prominence in English football can be that incompetent at the one thing they have to do it, it, it's astounding and it, it's an absolute disgrace really and Obviously, when you compare it to what's going on at the likes of Berry and Bolton, this is a minor thing. But it's still something that they should just be dealing with. And, um, yeah, it's it's just getting ridiculous once again. Lewis, you, you share those frustrations. It, oh. it, 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 it's, it would help if there was more clarification from the EFL as to what the hold-up is. Now, Richard Corley asked for a, an update earlier, and basically all they said is it'll be dealt with in due course. I mean, that's not help, helping anyone. I mean, due course is taking too long. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. I mean, the, the window shut over a week ago, you know, this time last week. The club have said the paperwork was submitted on time, so that shouldn't be an issue. And like Tom said, everything is it must be timestamped. You know, they must know when that paperwork makes its way back to the FA, back to the FL, whatever. You must know that it was before the deadline. In which case, just sign it off. And so, some of what Bayer said today that ended up in in with Ridge with the South London Press was that. If, if they turn around and say no we're going to take it to an appeal so how, they haven't even got beyond that first stage yet which I don't understand so they really are wasting people's time if we're going to make the next step onto that and it must be so horrible for the player apparently, apparently the players had a uh, a newborn this week I, I read somewhere as well so I mean they, they could probably do without a stress yeah 100% and, and obviously it's affecting his career he wants playing time he's obviously had he's got in his in his mind now that he wants to join Charlton and he's only becoming on a permanent and I think it's a brilliant permanent as well you want to get it over the line. You know, we want him here. He wants to be here. I don't see the difficulty. Uh, the EFL must have, you know, they must have some sort of, 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 you know, responsibility to get people playing in their leagues playing properly. Mm-hmm. It's like how they've handled the players at Bolton that have been unpaid. It's just complete farce. And I don't, I don't know how it's taking so long. You know, if, if they're in charge of key decisions for the second most supported league in Europe and they can't seem to do it properly. You know, if, if you're going to have a league that's so well supported, so well followed, not just not just in this country, but over Europe and, and throughout the world, then put someone in charge of it that knows what they're doing because the EFL clearly don't. Mm, certainly, it's getting uh, frustrating. In fact, Mendon Krenazdas says, uh, do you think Hemed will ever sign or will he just become a long-standing joke along with Darren Purse and Hayden Mullins? So I don't, I know, I've been aware of those long-standing jokes with the other two, but at least this one's sort of half-signed <laughs> rather than always just being linked. Uh, he also adds, any news on the likelihood of Otsuma joining or is that a no-go? So the, the news is that um, you would have seen on... Um, uh, online today if you've been paying attention that Aaron Ozuma has now left Bolton Wonders. Now of course a player that was heavily linked um, with with Charlton throughout the summer and there was certainly some um, truth in that uh, sounded you know and also we remember he, he basically nearly he was at the training ground I think or came close to signing last January as well so it's certainly there's certainly a lot of truth in, in the rumours that he's linked and uh, the, the club was certainly interested with him. Now where that leaves us now in terms of is he allowed to sign? We're not entirely sure. We assume because he did put in this application to leave before the transfer window closed that surely that must mean... I mean, if it's up to the EFL, I mean, we probably won't find out for about four years, but it's very <laughs> yeah. confusing. But, you know, also, Tom, is there still space in the squad for him? We, we, we've added a few other bodies since since the, that interest was first talked about. But at the same time, it, it never never hurts. I don't know what the if we've got enough budget left, of course. Yeah, almost certainly not. But um, he's a player I would definitely go out and get still. Um, I know we have strengthened, but he's another body that I know we've, we seem to have been after for a while, whether... Uh, Bose and Gallon actually have or whether it's just fan talk I don't know but he's a player that every time I've seen him play he, he's looked decent uh, he's the sort of player in my mind that would slot into the way Boya likes to play as well um, so for me if there's budget there and, and we can get him then then you go and do it uh, I don't I'd be surprised I know there's a lot going on at Bolton at the moment but I'd be surprised if he left if it wasn't possible for him to get another club because you'd think playing football there is still better than not playing at all um, so I'd imagine he can go somewhere whether that's abroad or whether he can go here or only to the League 1 and 2 clubs who I think can they still do business or is it just the Premier League they, they can? can but only loans right. so I'm, I'm really not sure how that yeah. would work because so he hasn't he doesn't still play for yeah. Bolton now so it's it's a real bit of a confusion on that one but definitely he, go and get him if yeah. he could though he was certain, yeah, like I say, he was certainly linked with us uh, heavily during the summer, and it, like, there, there was definitely truth uh, behind those uh, rumours. Not quite um, signed, but it, 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 um, 
he, he was certainly linked with us. Uh, on a different subject, Vital Charlton has got involved. Kieran uh, emails in saying he was uh, working here at the Valley in the press box on Tuesday. He said it was a great experience uh, despite the poor game. Uh, he said he liked the look of Alfie Doughty. Uh, he said he looks pretty decent going forward. He also wants to take this opportunity to welcome Jack and Tyler to Vital Charlton. So there you go. Uh, cheers for your email, Kieran. Well done for putting yourself out there and coming to a game. And and uh, it's, it's not easy, is it? But I'm glad you enjoyed it uh, as well. Right, um, another player, or another couple of players, who uh, the future may be of some interest to Charlton fans. Callum Harriet, of course, was training uh, with the club uh, throughout the course of the um, of the summer. And uh, Tyrone Mears, a 36-year-old right back, has been training with the club this week. Uh, both of them, uh, future up in up in the air at the moment. Lee Bay was asked about that today. And first of all, starts with Callum. Uh, it's not great news for Callum, unfortunately. Uh, Callum, we've uh, said that we, we won't be signing him. Um, he just thanks us for, for letting him come in and, and, and train and get fitter. And... Uh, Tyrone, obviously, he's he's only been in Monday, Tuesday, so we ain't gonna rush that one. Um, we'll see him again today and tomorrow, obviously, and and then we'll have a chat the weekend. You said a week ago that some players could be heading out of the door at Charlton on loan. Have you made any decisions on who's going? No, not yet. We have to um, we have to see who's where and what clubs come in and. and if it suits any of the lads, there's, like I said, there's a lot of clubs ringing up for, for our younger lads. Um, but we have to look at our squad and, and if we're going to need them, then they stay. Uh, but if it suits us and, and suits where he goes, then then there, there might be something to done. But that won't be towards the end of the window. Nothing's going to happen in the immediate future. So there we go. Uh, Callum Harriet not getting a deal, um, uh, unfortunately for Callum. Um, Tyrone Mears, don't know yet, basically, but he's training with us and uh, they will have a look. I mean, first of all, Callum, Lou, um, it's, uh, the most frustrating footballer of all time, which I think is fair to say, wingers are, for starters, when you're the player that has to be the creative one, you're not just going to be passing it sideways and doing the simple stuff. So therefore, you're much more liable to try something a bit fancy and for it to not to come off, which is why people get frustrated with wingers as well and why it would happen more often with Callum. And don't forget, when it does come off, you know, it's great and that's what creates goals for teams. And, and we saw we, we see that with, with Callum. And Callum, I find him the most frustrating because he's the one who tries the most fancy stuff and sometimes it doesn't come off. There were times during that pre-season where I was looking at him putting stuff off thinking, you know what, he'd be a useful squad member. But Bayou's obviously not gone that way. Um, are, you, are you delighted? Are you disgusted by that decision? Uh, neither, neither, really. Yeah. I think that it was nice to have him in training pre-season and if he was going to be happy to settle as a squad player, because I don't think he's as good as what we've got in that starting eleven. then fair enough. You know, it's, it's good to have numbers. At the same time, where would he fit in Bowyer's system? I'm not too sure. We've just signed Jonathan Lecco, similar mould player. You know, he's that the tricky winger that gets you off your feet. Has he got a little bit more end product than Callum? Maybe, yeah, based on on Callum's previous time here and the fact that he's not really had many games. That's the thing we've been told Jonathan Lecker doesn't have much in product by fans. I mean, obviously we've yeah. only seen one game so far um, and he had some and he, he missed a bit as well. So he, he will be a similar player, I imagine. But. Yeah, yeah, it'd be a similar player and I think that with Callum, he's probably he's not played a huge amount of games at his time at Reading either. So he's probably got that little bit of rustiness. Whereas Jonathan Lecko, although not been playing a huge amount in the first team at West Brom, he has been with the 23s and, and the reserves and and has had sort of consistent game time. And I think that, you know, if we do as well take a punt on Ostima, then it's, it pushes him even further down the pecking order. So I think maybe maybe that's influenced it a little bit. But I think, you know, I wish Callum well and I, I know he'll get a club somewhere because he's he's a very, he's a good player. He's, he's, he's capable of doing great things. And it's just about finding the right fit for him and, and a system that will work. But I wish him all the best. Now, of course, the right back situation. We lost Anthony Dick Steele to to Middlesbrough uh, on the was it in the last week of the transfer window, at least. Um, uh, so we have got Solly there, who we know is uh, dependable, but we need probably a backup. You you want two for for each position. Um, Tyrone's obviously getting on a bit, but someone that Bowie knows well. I mean, he'll have a look at him before making any real decision, won't he? Of course. Yeah, I think. What we know about Boya 
not just by what he said, but how he's done his transfer business before, is that if we do get him in, he's only getting him in because he's the right player. He's not just taking a punt on him. Um, again, it will come down to things like wages and our budget. If there was the chance of getting someone of the quality of Otzuma in or Mears, I'd be prepared to take a risk with that right-back slot. I think we've got players that could slot in and do okay there in the absence of Solly. Um, but I'm a fan. I'd rather go for the creative or more exciting players. Um, it probably would be a sensible bit of business to get someone in. And like I say, if, if Boya is only going to do it if he thinks he's suitable and uh, and going to be competent enough. So he's doing the right thing. Give him some time. Souls can get through the next few weeks, I'm sure. Um, and then he'll he'll make a decision. If Solly was to get injured, maybe he'll he'll jump a bit quicker. But like I say, we've got people like Deji who could slot in there. Um, and obviously Brendan's done it as well. Um, you're not going to want to play him week in, week out for a few months. But for the odd game, I'm sure he, w- he would cope okay. So, yeah, um, let's wait and see, I think. Yeah, we trust in uh, in Boyer and Gallen and whatnot when it comes to, to signings. Uh, right, let's have a, another quick break here on Charlton Live. When we come back, we're going to hear from Josh Cullen. Uh, after that, we're going to turn our attention to Saturday's trip up to Oakwell uh, as we get ready to take on uh, Barnsley. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Trying to take his man on. Chip ball back across. Bowers there. Pierces there. Bowers there. And it's Charlie. Yes! 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 Oh, he's got Oh, Patrick Barr. You absolute German beauty. Woo! Dream lads. Charlie has scored. With seconds remaining. We've done it all. Gets it. Come on. What a time to be a hero. Here on Wembley. Lie. That is the good stuff. I do, you have you guys have no idea how much I listen to that jingle just in my own free time as well. It's, it should be illegal. <laughs> yeah, do impressions of Greg. And, oh, we done it, Tell. We done it. <laughs> oh, you. We done it. We scored a goal. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, Saturday uh, was uh, just a brilliant, a brilliant afternoon's work here at the Valley against Stoke City. Our first home game uh, back in the Championship. Uh, a three-one win over the Potters and it really was just like I say a brilliant afternoon I really enjoyed it um, Josh Cullen of course uh, returned uh, the day before transfer deadline day last week uh, we spoke about him coming back we also heard from him briefly but now he came to speak to us on Saturday after the game uh, against Stoke uh, of course he played a big part in that third goal he was the one who took the corner the, the set piece corner routine uh, where he rolled it into Taylor who then squared it for, for Connor Gallagher to get his first goal uh, so some interesting stuff for him to talk about he came to speak to us like say uh, in in the press conference after the game first of all uh, he talks about what it was uh, well how he's moved back to the valley sort of came about Tuesday morning after training um, yeah, I was told all summer um, that yeah, they wasn't letting me out on loan which I was obviously happy with thinking I would be in and around it at West Ham but I had a conversation and said I thought like I need to be playing obviously to continue my development and um, so yeah, Tuesday morning after training, the, the manager at West Ham spoke to me and said, yeah, I think it's best you go out and, and carry on playing in the championship and get some more games. Um, so once that happened, there was obviously a few decisions to make, but um, yeah, Wednesday afternoon I had the medical and signed and, and trained Thursday, Friday and, and yeah, I was, I was back in. There were so many names that were successful last year, like with Christian obviously ending up at Derby. Did that mean that you had other options on top of Charlton in terms of when you were looking at things as to where you could have gone? Yeah, there was, there was a few other options um, throughout the summer um, and then a, a couple of options I had to 
had to obviously have a think about on um, on Tuesday and, and Wednesday and yeah Wednesday morning. Um, but I just felt that knowing the manager as well as I do from last season, knowing how he wants his teams to play, which suits me, knowing how he wants me to play, and obviously I felt like I improved under him last season <coughs> as a player. Him obviously being in a similar position to me. So I just felt that it was the right place to come back. Um, I, I know the place, I, I know everyone around the place, so to, to come back as close to the well, the season already started, so to get, get back into the swing of things and hit the ground running was the plan. And and um, yes, thankfully that's happened with, with a good three points today. It's a great sort of thumbs up for what you do that Lee brought you straight back into the straight back into the side as well. You didn't do that with all the new signings, but. You've gone straight back in there because he was saying that you know he knows exactly what you're going to give, what you're going to bring to the table. Yeah, I mean, and again, that was a another um, massive factor why I chose to come back to Charlton to work under the manager. He knows what he's going to get from me. I know what he wants me to do and how he wants me to go about my business. So um, yeah, to to come back in and, and and yeah, go straight into the team. I was delighted with and and yeah, delighted to to help the lads build on a great result they got last week and, and get another three points. Do you think with six points out of six, have people talked up the challenge of the championship too much or not? Or is it way too early days to say that? I mean, you've got six points on the board. That's a great start, isn't it? Yeah, I think um, no, we know the championship's a very tough league and we're not going to get carried away. You know, we've won two games out of two. Um, it, it's, six points is going to be nowhere near enough mm. if we start taking our foot off the gas in training and, and get a bit complacent. Um, we know it's a really tough league and, and we'll be back in Monday morning and I'm working hard, obviously the cup game Tuesday night, um, and then yeah, working hard and, and, and preparing as we always do to, to try to go to Barnsley and, and get another positive result. How big um, is it keeping Lyle Taylor? Because obviously there was all the, the talk about him and Lee spoken about it, but the club did project bids. How yeah. you played with him last season, know how good he is. How how big, how important is that? Yeah, massive. I think you see it today. Um, we know he's a, he's a key player for the club for the team. Um, Great player to have around, a great lad, and everyone's delighted he he stayed. Um, and yeah, now we're just looking forward to to having him in the team with all all, all the other all the other lads and, and all the new signings and the lads that were, were here last year. And we're all going to work work hard as a group and, and and put everything in for the shirt and and see where we go. With the corner routine, it was apparently an exact replica of what you guys did in training. So, how many times do you kind of practice those in training? That actual routine. Uh, we practiced it about. Three times yesterday, right? Okay, and that was probably the best of them all. Right. Okay. Um, so yeah, uh, yeah. I think there was a little bit of rain um, just before it, so that made the surface sort of perfect for that that type of routine. And I could zip it into Lyle. And obviously, we had the, we had the signal, um, and, and we caught eyes, and and that was it. And, and we we're delighted that it worked. So does the signal come from Jacko and Marsh? Because they're the ones that do the. Who's it? No, it's, it's from us. Oh, I see. Yeah, okay, from right, us. Right. So we'll. We'll uh, we'll have to change the signal now because I suppose teams will be looking at, at what the yeah. signal was today. But no, um, yeah. Well, I think it's credit to to Jacko and, and Marshy and, and the manager. How that shows how how they go about their work and how how much they watch your position and how diligently they they look at things and see where we might be able to get the edge. And obviously, yeah, we had the the, the free kick against Doncaster in the last game here, mm. um, and then the the, uh, the the corner today. So. Yeah, that's, that's that's all credit to them, um, and we just try and put it into practice. Do you think safety is the sole target this season for, for the team or not? Yeah, of course. I think look, we're not going to get carried away. We know we're a newly promoted side from last season, and and yeah, let's get to that that mark as soon as we can, um, and make sure we're safe, and then and then see where we go from there. But listen, we'll, as we did last season, as we always will, we'll go into every game believing we can win it and trying to win the game. So. Um, yeah, we'll take it step by step, game by game, and and hopefully, um, yeah, have a, have a successful season. There we go, Josh Cullen speaking to us after the home win against Stoke uh, last Saturday. Um, such an important player for us last season, Lewis, and to see him come back and to slot straight back into the team like he'd never been away, and that was a, that was a joy to see, wasn't it? Oh, it was brilliant. I mean, seeing him sign last week made my week. I must say, it was a. Uh... It's a real pleasure to have him back at the club. He's not somebody that it's not even just his playing ability, just everything about him in terms of a person. We obviously interviewed him at Player of the Year, and he was just he had so much time to talk to us and and went into real detail. His head screwed on. And, in yeah, it as well, exactly. Right? He just he's a very mature young player, and, and he he speaks with you know such conviction and everything as well. And and he gives you 
he, he shows how much he, he cares for the club. And we, we made huge comments last season about how the likes of Josh and, and Christian Bielik and other loanies were probably the best loanies we'd ever had in terms of how much they cared for the club and, and how much they really bought into what, what Charlton's all about. And I think that he, he still ha- carries that with him now. And, and for him to come back is... It's probably the the signing of the summer. Him and him and Johnny Williams between the two of them is just unbelievable business from Bayer and Cullen. Just highlights the amazing job that they do behind the scenes. Talks about the work that went into the goal, the the, the, the set piece goal, the the corner against Stoke, and also mention, of course, the the set piece uh, routine that we scored against Doncaster in the playoff semi final. The one that Billick scored. You remember it was sort of a kind of sort of ran over it, faked, and then came back. So. You know, you talk about how set-piece goals are bonus goals, I think is what Lee Bowyer calls them. And the fact that we've got this level of creativity and just trying something a little bit different just to get more of these bonus goals. I mean, that that could be a really useful attribute if we can find different ways to sort of catch out our opponents. Yeah, and we saw how important set-pieces were last year. Not just the amount of penalties that we got, but we scored goals from, from corners f- throughout the season. Um, you think back right to the start of the season when Bielik scored that header from a corner away at South End um, and, it, and it just kept coming and it, it's a legitimate part of the game. Um, I was reading something earlier about the World Cup last year and that goal against Tunisia that Harry Kane scored and how Southgate had purposefully focused on the fact that teams score from set pieces late on, so focused on that and we saw them do that throughout that tournament and the likes of Jacko in particular, uh, and Marsh and um, and Brett, they focus on that sort of stuff. And Boya can go off and do the other stuff. But with them really focusing on set pieces and taking the time to properly study the opposition and where those weaknesses are each time, it does mean that each week the set pieces are slightly different. But they're always looking at trying to penetrate the opposition in the best way possible. And the second goal from Chucks, OK, it wasn't a set piece, but it came from a wide ball in and a ball knocked back into the middle of the, the penalty area. It almost identical. Did Williams mean it? Uh, I think he did, but I know that's up for debate. <laughs> yeah. But either way, they were both knocks back from the edge of the byline into the middle of the penalty area and there was a player to stick it away. So I think it's fantastic. As I say, it's a legitimate part of the game. You know, we're not Rory Delap long throwing it in every time. We're we're looking at exactly how we do it and it and it's effective and we're gonna need those goals this year because the opposition are that class above now. So um yeah, great to see that only two games in we're already doing that. Yeah, hopefully we'll be doing another one uh, this Saturday up at Oakwell where we're taking on Barnsley um, promoted with us as well of course from League One last season uh, they went up in second place behind Luton Town uh, a team that we beat at home and then lost to away last season you'll remember just after Christmas in between Christmas and New Year we went up there we're 2-0 down within we're definitely within 20 minutes yeah. I think it was about 15 like two screamers yeah two <laughs> two very good goals we got one back through Ben Reeves late on uh, but we're no, unable to find a leveller before I think Chris Solly got sent off right at the end didn't yeah. he um, so we're back up there this Saturday a long trip up to Oakwell uh, I spoke to Leon Wobshaw from the Yorkshire Post to find out how Barnsley have been faring uh, so far on their return to the Championship yeah I mean it's been a bit of a mixed bag really I think I think um, two games in they would have taken three points um, from six obviously the opening day um, it's always difficult for a Premier League club coming down isn't it and you know, just disrespect going to a place like oh well it's it's sort of a bit of a an introduction for championship life really and they were they were excellent Barnsley they, um, they pressed Fulham really well and um, didn't didn't let them get in any sort of comfort zone and um, you know it, it was um, like I said a bit of a, a baptism for Fulham and there were a lot of a lot of new signings for Barnsley it's been a it's been a funny sort of summer really they've um, they obviously got promoted last season with the best um, the best defensive record in the in the EFL but they lost sort of lost three members of the back five who, who left uh, the goalkeeper Adam Davis weeks at the end of his contract he went to Stoke um, and they lost uh, the two centre-halves who were probably the, the standout pair in League One last season and lost um, Liam Lindsay went to Stoke he had a year left went for about two and a half million and Ethan Pinnock went to um, he got in the team in the year in League One he went for three million, that was a really, that in particular, were a really big ball for Barnsley. They they offered him uh, a contract at the, the, the top earner there at the club. We turned it down, so uh, they've had to do a lot of investment in, in the summer. Really, they've got a couple of new centre halves in, in Mads um, Anderson and uh, funny name is Bam, Bamboo Diaby. 
he's come from Belgian football. Um, so effectively, have to, to sort of build a, a new back four, really. But the model at Barnsley is that they won't sign any players over 25. They just won't do it. The owners, um, the Chinese-American owners, you know, make great players. We sign young players. And if they don't want to, you know, sign young players to sell them on, basically, you know, to develop their careers, sell them on, get a profit. And it's a model... Um, whether people like it or not, it's it's gonna stick with Barnsley. Mm. You know, they won't sign. Uh, you know, I think the, ideally the manager might want to get a couple of experienced ones in, but this is this isn't a model they're gonna pursue for better for worse. Mm. You know, buy young, sell, and um, so it's a bit of a funny one. You, you know, you you wonder if they could um, in terms of how they're gonna do this season. I just think time will tell. It's impossible to make a make a prediction mm. obviously got very limited champ- championship experience but on the other on the flip side of the coin they're a bit of an unknown quantity aren't they so they can maybe catch um, catch teams out so I think after um, you know maybe a month six weeks of the season then we'll really be able to gauge where, where Barnsley are at yeah it's interesting isn't it because both Barnsley and Cholton are sort of going in with this tag of being the bookies favourites to to go down, is that something that's talked a lot up there? Because it seems like something that Charlton want to prove wrong, if anything. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, obviously Barnsley as well. I mean, they've got a lot of young, hungry players. And there are one or two there who still have uh, the more experienced players, if you like. They've still got one or two got a little bit of points to, to prove at this level. They've got um, Cameron McGinn, who he's, his first season at the club in the relegation season in... Um, in 17-18 he didn't really get many chances and he had the second half of the season on loan at uh, Scunthorpe he had a great season last year um, so he's got a point to prove this level Alex Moore as well he came through at Leeds and there were a lot of big things expected of him his, his career sort of fell away a little bit and he had a he had an excellent last season he got in the PFAT and uh, so he's got un, unfinished um, business as well I mean they certainly won't be short of um, you know hunger and desire to do well, but it's um, it's just time will tell really. I mean, it'd be interesting, obviously from the highs of the first week and a great result against Fulham, they sort of come crashing down to the earth if you like. They lost on on Saturday at Sheffield Wednesday. They were well beaten there. It was two now. But Wednesday, you know, they've got a lot of experienced Championship players and they really did a number on Barnsley. Who, uh, they're trying to play out from the from the back, Barnsley. And um, Wednesday just pressed them to death, really. They, did, they sort of did what Barnsley did to Fulham and, you know, did a proper number on them. And um, obviously that was a blow in a, in a big derby game. And uh, obviously followed it up in midweek with a disappointing result to, to Carlisle as well. And, the, you know, quite a few of the... Um, he did mix the side around a little bit, but there were still quite a few players who, who played in the in, in the game at Sheffield Wednesday. You yeah. know, who who played against Carlisle and you don't want to lose three 0 at home to a League Two team, do you really? So yeah. that was yeah. that was actually that was the first um home defeat under um Daniel Stendhal in he's been there since the last summer, the summer of yeah, I was gonna yeah. say it was a bit of a shock considering they like you say, they went all of last season unbeaten at home. Um yeah. I mean how how do you yeah. see Saturday going with 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 Charlton coming to town? Um Barnsley do you reckon they'll probably yeah. be favourites for this game? I think it's um, I think it's a very even game. It's a big psychological test, I think, for Barnsley, especially with them being a, a young side as well. Got a heavy beating in midweek, three 0 to a League, league Two side, and um, it's even though it's early, it's, it's um, a big couple of um, you look at the games. They've got they've got Charlton at home, um, Birmingham away, then they've got Luton at home, Wigan away. No disrespect, but you know they'll be thinking. You know, maybe we can get you know, at the start of the season the sort of games where you can get some points from. And you know, after the uh, after the week they've had, one of the probably the toughest um, that Daniel Stendhal's probably had really. You know, losing a derby two and only being well beaten, and then you know losing three and oh, there's a little bit of pressure on, even though you know he hasn't actually suffered a league defeat under under his watch. There's um, a little bit, a little bit of a, you know concerns going into this one. It's not been as you know, smooth as you like. You obviously had all the um, the feel good factor going into the home game against against Luton, but it's just funny how things can change, isn't it? You know, it's, you've had a, a difficult week, and uh, they'll be anxious to round it off 
certainly with the result, obviously, you know, win would be, um, you know, the, the desire if that got. Just to get something out of it, I think it's important, you know, after the, after the week that they have had. So there we go. Slightly difficult week then for the Tykes. Um, beaten by Carlisle quite heavily, uh, a League Two side in, in, in the Carabao Cup. I'm really not one for looking too much into cup games like that, but they did have a couple of first-teamers out at Barnsley. But you look at, you know, lost at Sheffield Wednesday. Sounds like they weren't great, but they beat Fulham at home. Their home record is spectacular uh, under, under Stendhal. Um, it's going to be a tough one, Tom. Um, what would you reckon... Yeah, it's it's definitely going to be tough. We're going to have to be so so well drilled and so uh, stoic at the back yeah. for for sure. Um, they've obviously brought in, as we were just talking off air, brought in the likes of Malik Wilkes in the off season as well. And we know how dangerous he can be. Having played against him about eight times last season, it yeah, feels like so Marquise's goal in in their defeat. In yeah, Doncaster. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised to see us look at try and target him in terms of how we defend. But as you say, their home record's very good. But then looking at our performances against them obviously as you say we beat them at home last year in a way it was just two stunning goals that beat us that day um, they were out of the traps very fast that first 15 minutes they blew us away but then after that it was a fairly even game from what I remember um, so if we can just try and as we have in the opening two games just try and soak it up try and suss them out um, maybe we'll need a little bit of luck uh, like we did against Blackburn and, and possibly against Stoke as well but then if we can just slowly grow into the game, it's what I asked Boyer on Sunday. He said, is that what we're going to need to do this year? Be a bit patient and just suss teams out. And it, that's what he said his plan is. So I think if we can do that, if we get 20, 25 minutes in and we're still nil-nil, then start to exert ourselves a little bit. You know, we've seen we're a good side this year and we can score goals. So I don't think it's a, it's a walkover for them by any means. Yeah, we're so clinical this season as well. I saw a stat that was tweeted by the Second Tier podcast earlier. Uh, fewest shots per game so far in the championship. Charlton have had seven. I think that per game, and we're the, we must be joint top scorers with five. I think yeah. so. Yeah, very clinical. No Alex Moat for for Barnsley on Saturday. By the sounds of it, sounds like he could be out for a while. But he's an important player for them. So, a couple of things going in our favour. But of course, you know, going away from home in the Championship is always a a, a difficult ask. Now Lee Bayer uh, himself, he was asked to preview the game uh, this afternoon in press day, and he is not expecting an easy ride up there at Oakwell. Yeah, it's going to be tough. Um... They got a good result at home, first game beating Fulham. Uh, I've watched the game, they've done well. They work hard, they're a physical side. Um, got players that can hurt you. So we have to respect respect them because they finished above us last year. So we, we know they're a good side, that they've spent money in the summer. So um, yeah, it, it's going to be tough. Every game's going to be tough, you know. But if, if we go about it the right way and, and we apply ourselves the right way and, and compete because we're definitely going to have to compete with them. If we do that then hopefully we get the result that, that we, we want and, and that's a win. We, we go there and try and win the game. So uh, I believe in the players that I have, they, they give everything and we'll, we'll see what we come back with on Saturday. No injuries, no, um, no fresh injuries. So. We are as we was last weekend. Um, so yeah, no, we're all good. Uh, looking ahead to Barnsley, are there any uh, Barnsley players that uh, you've uh, told, told your players to keep keep an eye on? Uh, not yet, but I will be. Um, obviously, Wilkes, we we know him from from when he was at Doncaster. Very good player, good left foot. So that's that's definitely someone we'll have to watch. For sure, the two central midfielders are, are very strong, powerful, and and can play. So we'll have to try our hardest to, to stop them from from running the game. Um, but yeah, they, they've got strengths, they've got weaknesses, same as us. So uh, they're no different. But I'd say Wilkes is definitely a player we have to watch. There we go. Bo, you mentioning Malik Wilts, uh, who you picked up on there just a few moments ago, Tom, as a, one of the Barnsley men to watch. Um, no fresh injury concerns, which is good. We know uh, Berem Kyle is uh, not fit yet. Um, he's, he's, uh, he's not quite ready. Uh, Chuck Sonico be an interesting one. Lewis obviously paid, played an hour on Tuesday night, played about his last 20 minutes, didn't he, against Stoke when he came on to score. So you just wonder if he's coming a little bit closer to full fitness. Now, do you reckon he'll have a chance of starting? Um, 
I'd, I'd say you'd have a chance of it, but I, I don't I mean, know. Tactically, if it will. would you? Is what I'm going to say. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think I don't think we'll start with him um, after after playing midweek and and uh, Saturday. I think they'll be keeping half an eye on the on the Hemed situation. We want to keep Chucks fit just in case the worst happens. We don't get we don't get Hemed and we're left short up top. Um, it also depends on how Barnsley line up. I mean, I think they traditionally line up in a bit of a four-three-three. Um, so it'll just see how we how we counteract with that and how we how we match up. But I think we've we've got enough to go out there and beat them. I think I remember this time last year, I felt quite disappointed that we lost. But then I, I tweeted into to uh, Greg and Tell, and they sort of reminded the fact that it was over that it was over that Christmas period when we'd it's horrible. We, we yeah. had uh, we, were, we were missing someone in midfield. I think Arebo was out injured. Yeah, we had no Arebo. That, um, that midfield no Josh was Cullen, yeah. That midfield know. was. Uh, Prattley and Reeves in it and they don't re- never really work too well together so you know they both had their attributes but at the time it, we, we really were lacking a bit of a midfield but we did grow into that game uh, it'd be interesting to see really whether last season's results come into people's minds mm. when you look at a new season with loads of turnover of players I mean you you were shaking your head with the Anike thing as well Tom you, you, you wouldn't start, start him no I don't think so I can, the only change I could see happening would be if we go to three at the back and maybe bring Naby in um, I could see maybe Conor Gallagher or a Johnny Williams drop into the bench and then either you bring someone like Naby in and play three at the back or you bring maybe Deji in and sit him alongside Prattley so you've got two more defensive midfielders. Um, I know it's it's a bit negative, but I think away from home, especially against a team like Barnsley that are so good, I, I could see that happening. Um, and if you've got someone like a Gallagher or a Williams and an Anike that can come off the bench, then... You know, if we get to 70, 75 minutes and, and either we need a goal to get back in the game or it's still level, maybe Boya thinks, do you know what, I'm going to have a go at this at that point. So that that'd be the only change I think would happen. But no, I can't see an EK starting for me. It's interesting like I say about being negative as such away from home, but that's the way we set up at Barnsley. Not, it's not negative. It's, 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 you're on the back foot a bit and you expect that. Um, and it worked at, at, at Blackburn, as you said. Sorry. Um, so, I mean, could you see that working at Barnsley? Is slightly Barnsley like us as the favourites to go down. So you don't really know how highly, how much respect you need to give them going into a game. But if it, if it were to Blackburn, it, it might be a tactic that Bay will look to use again, probably more often than not away from home this season. Yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. Obviously, away from home, we're going to have to we're going to have to battle. Sometimes we're going to be up against it, and we know Barnsley's. As, you, as you've said, their home their home record is is pretty phenomenal, Sim, similar to us really. Um, and they're gonna they're gonna probably go for it because their home form is as important as our f- home form is for us. We're both both sort of favourites for the drop and looking to prove people wrong. So they'll be looking to pick up most of their results at home, and we'll be looking to to probably ride out the storm and and see what, if we can get them on the counter away from home. But I have a lot of belief in the boys. I mean, we've we worked up at Blackburn and we had a very limited squad. When we went up there, so we've got a, we've got better players in the door now, more attacking players as well. But also, you know, Josh Cullen, the likes who can calm the game down a little bit if we become under pressure. Um, so I think I think we've got enough to do it. I, I agree that we probably will sit back a little bit, and, and as Tom said, there three at the back. I wouldn't be surprised if we started with that, um, but it can't be seen as being negative because it works up at, up at Blackburn. I think we're going to have to rely on that a little bit more this season than we did last. Um, just to grind out the results and get a few points here and there away from home and then the, the attacking business regimes when we're when we're here at the Valley. And simply, of course, talking about the momentum we've got from those, those, winning those first two games, which perhaps no one really expected us. Certainly no one expected us to go to Blackburn and win after that people's tails were up a little bit for the, the home game with Stoke but you can't you can't rule out what momentum can do to a side if you go there with more confidence you have a confident Johnny Williams or a confident Lyle Taylor they can do something a lot more than than, than one of those two players when they're perhaps not on the, on the best of form and, and just that momentum it, it really it really could be quite important on Saturday yeah definitely and you take someone like Lyle Taylor obviously he comes into the season, it's a higher division, it's a division he's never tested himself at before. He gets a bit of a lucky flicked goal in that first game, goes on and scores a comfortable goal in the second game, um, despite the the week he'd had and the, the transfer speculation. So he's up and running, he's got two and two already. Um, someone like Johnny Williams obviously got an assist in the first one, claiming an assist in the second game as well. <laughs> he's looked brilliant so far this season and all he needs is a goal to really complete the the perfect start to his season. He's starting to get a run of games together, which, as I said in comms on Saturday, just hasn't had much chance to do. It is exciting. We've got a really exciting front line. Um, and yes, we're still favourites to go down. And yes, it's still going to be a very difficult season. But these these are players that are playing well at the moment. So 
even if we go in with slightly more defensive minded formation that doesn't mean that the players are any less confident um and yeah it's I just go into every weekend now looking forward to the games which um as Lewis said on Sunday, a lot of that credit has to go to Boya. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? The favourite to go down, tag. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I mean, people always say, oh, you need 50 points in the championship. And then statistically, if you look over the last few seasons, I think you're looking 45. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, would, would almost certainly be enough to keep you in, in this league. And the, the I don't think we are actually favourites to go down as well. I checked the other day. Now, I think we're about third favourites, which helps as well. But just to be interesting to see how long we, we stick with that tag, especially if this, this, this good start continues. You know, I mean, we win if we get a result up at, up at Barnsley Saturday we're here at home against Forest on uh, on Wednesday evening as well we could really make the most of, of a good start hopefully hopefully that will be the case I mean what do you reckon prediction wise Tom put you on the spot right now would you how do you see it going for the uh, addicts I'd, I'd happily take a point um, I think there'll be goals so I'm going to say two all yeah Lewis yeah. how are you seeing it going uh, I'm going to go 2-1 Charlton Lovely stuff. That's exactly how it's going to go. I'd rather, I'd rather so. have that. Yeah, excellent <laughs> stuff. Well, let's hope that, that Lewis is right and Tom once again is wrong uh, on his uh, on his predictions. Fingers, uh, cro- fingers crossed. Yeah. Uh, right, we're coming to the end of uh, this evening's show. Uh, hope you've enjoyed listening to it. Don't forget, Charlton Live will be back here on Sunday evening uh, as we look back at whatever happens up at Barnsley. I uh, hope you'll be able to join us uh, then. Don't forget, if you're listening via podcast as well, hit that subscribe button. Make sure we get downloaded uh, to your podcast feed automatically twice a week, uh, the Big Match Preview and the Sunday show right Tom and Lewis thanks for coming in cheers mate you're welcome mate I am Louis Mendez Uh, I hope you've enjoyed listening to Charlton Life we'll be back here on uh, Sunday evening let's hope we'll be talking about yet another three points for them Charlton boys Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.